a heart attack never happens in a day to be frank right it's a build up of 10 years at least so if you could watch yourself slowly matlab how you are things are changing digital twin modeling and all of that you can actually avoid a lot of things right we can all avoid that or and that is where i think uh, you know we can uh, move towards and when you talked about bionic arm you know i am wearing one <laughs> so that's there so i think that's the present Hello and welcome to the Startup Operator podcast. I'm Roshan Karyapa. Our guest today went from building systems that monitor race cars to actually building systems that monitor patients' health. Mudit Danwate is the co-founder and CEO of Dozi, which is a contactless remote patient monitoring and AI-based early warning system. I spoke to Mudit about some of the do's and don'ts of building in healthcare, working with hospitals, dealing with regulators, uh, and what we can expect in the future. with consumerization of healthcare and quantified self movements taking shape this was a fun conversation also a lot of insights in here on healthcare specifically i hope you like it hey mudit welcome to the startup operator podcast thank you so much for making the time hey hi roshan excited to be here yeah great to have you mudit uh, it's been a while since we've talked to healthcare founders and you know when i talk to founders operating in healthcare i mean couple of things stick out right usually with pretty much everyone that i've spoken to one is there is some kind of trigger event that's happened in their life that led them to healthcare and second as a result of that i mean they're also solving healthcare through first principles so i i'd love to understand a little more about your background how do you switch from you know mechanical engineering to healthcare specifically and what have you discovered about the space that keeps you excited so roshan as i mentioned very excited to be here and uh, you know i think uh, two facets of your question first i'll talk about my background right so i come from a race car engineering background before the startup i actually used to work in uh, racing industry actually monitoring health of the vehicle and all of that so agar aap waise dekho to it's not really it's not a paradigm shift i have only shifted from monitoring health of the race cars to now health of humans but you know for me the trigger event was one incident that happened in the family and that's where i really found that you know how frail the entire infrastructure is for us this was back in 2015 and you know while i was uh, you know very young passionate using a complex engineering problem trying to make cars faster i always thought that you know maybe if i could use my energy time and my skills into solving something which is so basic and kind of something which touches life of everyone i could create more impact right and that's what led me to come back and you know think first principles that how can really i make health care how it is supposed to be very simple so that it can be accessible available to every indian right so that's my right and from your experience of working in healthcare i think over the last 6 7 years now can you just give us a lay of the land for an audience who doesn't have too much of an idea in terms of how the healthcare landscape is or what are the various stakeholders how does the patient experience get impacted because of all of these folks and what do you see as opportunities and challenges correct So I think healthcare per se is a very vast field, right? And in that there are different verticals. As in, of course, the vertical that where we work is to monitoring, diagnostics, and so on, right? But there are different other verticals like clinical services, where most of the hospitals you would imagine are there. Then a lot of home healthcare companies and so on, right? So that is one. Then providing these kind of services at home uh, remotely so telemedicine landscape is there then there are different kinds of techniques like imaging ai and all of this these are vast uh, landscape of healthcare 
and in that you know where we limit ourselves is uh, towards making healthcare more data driven and that's where you know monitoring of vitals plays a very important role right and that's the problem that we picked up as dozy that how we can make vitals right which forms a very important part whether you are just sick or you are in hospital right you go to a doctor the first thing that they do is actually see how your vitals are right so they will check your pulse spo2 respiration and so on right just to see what is your well being level and based on that then higher treatment is done right even when you are in icu or in ward also right the first thing continuously that happens is either nurses are monitoring from a time to time or in icu it is done continuously right because they give you a clear picture about your health right so that is where we operate an idea was to kind of make it simpler we'll talk about the solution bit a bit later but you know since you talked about the landscape the landscape in india in terms of patient monitoring and uh, hospital infrastructure right it is majorly based or segregated into public and private in public you can further segregate them into teaching hospitals like gmcs uh, district hospitals and so on and then at every block or division level there are chcs and at every village level there are phcs similarly in private hospital private infrastructure as well you have different levels of hospitals so you have corporate hospital chains then you have single stand alone multi specialities and then stand alone hospitals and then nursing homes and so on right And together in india we have 2 million hospital beds uh, and out of them about 100000 are icu beds right so only 5% of them are monitored and 95% remaining ones which are there right close to about 18.75 lakh right so only 125000 are icu beds and 18.75 lakh which are uh, there are manually monitored by nurses so a nurse will go manually go near the patient would take the vitals and so on which consumes a lot of time and also a lot of time it also leads to different sorts of inefficiencies as well into the system and that's exactly where we thought that you know if we could entirely automate that it can really transform the entire industry because then we are talking about making every bed a step down icu so if we could do that we could really transform because a lot of hospital adverse events which happen right happens in wards where continuous monitoring is not there and because of that you know events are captured very late so if we could capture things early timely actions are provided a lot of in hospital adverse events could be avoided and you know the healthcare can be amazing so that's the hypothesis with which we went in a couple of questions based on you know what you said right so one is covid has been like a, a huge factor right i mean over the last couple of years we have realized a you know how inadequate some of our healthcare infrastructure is and uh, b the need for all of us to be a little more attentive to our health and immunity and all of those things i think there's been a heightened awareness on that front how has covid changed healthcare in your opinion right so i think while everything was you know already as you mentioned inadequate probably covid was the fact which was you know which kind of highlighted that and uh, put that urgency into the system intervention was took in that way but actually if you look at it right all throughout uh, the data right what who suggests if there needs to be one nurse every 300 patients india is one nurse for 670 people sorry not patients similarly uh, the number of beds which are supposed to be there for the population that we have we have merely 44% of what is required even the icu infrastructure and all of that and that is what 
you know, fell kind of uh, appalling when COVID, especially wave two came, right? And uh, that's where the entire thing was highlighted. I would say one thing which did happen because of this was, because this came into highlight, I think the adoption of technology, right? Because the existing infrastructure, when it started to fail, always, right? All throughout the history of human, right? Whenever we wanted to deliver things at scale and high quality, we have always relied on technology, right? Be it green revolution, be it industrial revolution or anything. So now that, you know, the task that we have on our hands that we have to provide quality care to billions of people, I think, again, technology needs to be used, right? It can't be avoided anymore. And that is exactly what COVID did. Because of that, what happened was a lot of technologies were used. When they were used, they were actually impactful and helped us control the pandemic, which was a big unknown. And now that it has been done, I think now when we are we are rethinking the way even we are uh, thinking about chronic care management, surgeries and so on as well. So I think COVID in that way has changed the entire landscape of healthcare in that way. It has leapfrogged at least five to 10 years, right? If not more, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's a very relevant point. I think, um, you know, India has this tendency of leapfrogging, right? Like leapfrogging to mobile and skipping PC per se. And I think in healthcare as well, I think we will probably leapfrog institutions and head to innovation and tech and everything. So one of the problems that we often encounter in healthcare is that, you know, incentives are misaligned. There is a deep mistrust in the system across the uh, ecosystem. How do you work with these various stakeholders? You know, uh, because if I see from their perspective, they're all, they're also justified, right? I mean, patient doesn't want to go to the hospital because uh, they feel that, hey, I mean, I'm being screwed off of my hard-earned money. Uh, at the same time, I mean, when you look at hospitals as well, it's such a huge capex, and on top of that, very very regulated, and there can be some arbit uh, policy making as well that impacts them adversely. So when you work in this sort of an ecosystem, how do you align priorities and incentives in such a way that it's mutually beneficial for both the patient and also the caregivers? So you are absolutely right in that way, right? And I think that is the first principle of every business, right? If you have to be adopted, it, it the interest should be aligned all across, right? The way we did that, I think was, uh, let you know, see, we are focusing on entirely improving the efficiency, right? Digitization, automation, and so on. When that happens, actually, if you think about it from a hospital's point of view, we are reducing a lot of costs. We are making systems very efficient. From a patient perspective, patient outcomes are improving. The way monitoring is happening, it's much more uh, frequent, right? They are feeling that, you know, they are being taken care every second. There is something which is monitoring them. Their caretakers are much more happier. And not just that, if you think about it, even in a larger perspective, insurance as well. When adverse events go down, when code blue events go down, as in at the end of it, also insurance, who is also payer, not in India, not in a lot of cases, but in a good amount of uh, way or, or say, if not that, then public money is being used, right? So in a way that is also being used in a much more efficient way. So when this entire ecosystem becomes more efficient, I think everyone benefits and therefore I think... Uh, you know, we got our break and why hospitals are adopting Dozy today. So I think that is something which, you know, I think every business, uh, it holds true to that, you know, when you are entering the ecosystem, kind of everyone should benefit and only then you can be in that system. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, and, and also, I mean, it's a very complex ecosystem as well, right? So you can't solve for one without like 
really taking care of the other links in the chain as well um all right with uh, that background why don't we talk about dozy you know how do you set it up how do you go from idea to product to company uh, what are your most popular use cases right now and uh, yeah uh, just talk to us about uh, what you're solving for sure so it all started from uh, you know i used to use a lot of vibration sensors telemetry analytics both me and gorav right so we were colleagues over there and uh, in my previous job and at that time we realized that you know if similar technology we could use for human health as well we could make this entire complex system very simple the first challenge that we gave to ourselves was that you know see data is the crux of everything we all talk about ai ml and n number of other things right but the basic building block of ai is data right if data collection itself is something which is very tricky you have to put patches wires electrodes on people then data itself doesn't come and if data doesn't come then you can't kick in the higher versions of technology either right so our ultimate goal of course was to use ai ml to make the system efficient but first thing first we wanted to make the data collection itself very easy and the way we wanted to approach that was that we wanted to make it entirely contactless so dozy is a contactless remote patient monitoring and early warning system it's a thin sheet of sensor so our proprietary technology uh, which is there is that thin sheet of sensor that goes under the mattress and without even touching the patient's body it in principles monitor the micro vibration produced in every heartbeat resp- respiration body movements to that feeble vibrations that even when individual heart walls are also moving right it captures that placed under the mattress and mind you this mattress can even be an 18 inch mattress so once all of this data is collected then uh, this data is put on the server using our data pod and that that server has all the intelligence to actually then extract different biomarkers like heart rate respiration respiration rate blood pressure sleep sleep apnea uh, heart rate variability and different other clinical indices as well right so it extracts out of that and then you know it uh, puts it on the interface where clinicians can consume it either on their mobile phone or on the dashboards and so on right so it makes the entire system very efficient the last part is the ai engine which also does the trend monitoring and if there is any kind of abnormal trend then it gives an alert right so that timely help can be given and you know lives can be saved so this is the entire ecosystem Uh, over there so it literally upgrades any bed into a step down icu be it hospital bed or be it home bed and uh, we have two versions of the product one for hospital as well as for home as right that's pretty fascinating so you're selling to hospitals and you're selling to individual consumers as well right how does it work in terms of customer acquisition and stuff right so what is it triggered for like a hospital to procure something like a dozy what is the value proposition and similarly when do consumers reach out to you and adopt dozy so our primary product where we had so far put a lot of focus on was our hospital product the way we approach that is through our sales channel they approach the hospital they explain the value proposition our key value proposition is automating digitizing the patient monitoring inside non icu wards and making the entire system much more efficient right so that is our key value proposition and we do it through our sales team uh, which is now in close to about 20 cities of across india and we do the demo of the product and then eventually when you know our customers see that you know this is 
so efficient and easy to use they do adopt so that is how it goes in terms of home product that is something which we have not really fully launched yet so far that also we work through our hospital channels itself that uh, when this patient who has been in the ward and they in hdu or something like that in a post discharge setting if the hospital feels that you know they want to monitor for a prolonged time even at home also right so then they can also start using it at home as well so that is how that generally happens right uh, so far but going ahead we are trying to open it up further right so like uh, you know one of the use case which i personally use it for is my parents are in nagpur and i am here in bangalore so on a day to day basis how do i ensure that you know their health is okay so uh, you know i can use it to do that so we are trying to create kind of a gtm over there working with different corporates elder care institutes and so on so that is how we go about right interesting you know building in healthcare is different from say building a consumer internet startup right i mean you can't really fail fast you don't really have a version of an mvp per se it has to be uh, absolutely spot on when you bring it to market because i think the stakes are higher right i mean you're dealing with people's lives as such and you know we've seen examples of theranos for example right and what happened with uh, with that what are some do's and don'ts in terms of building in healthcare that you've realized so i think uh, you know i think you touched some very key points over there right i think in healthcare it is as you mentioned it's not do fast fail fast get it right faster right all those kind of philosophies don't work what you need to do is you need to clearly define what you are building why you are building and then first thing first get some anchor clients with you uh, right from the inception and build it with them right it is very critical right so right from inception we had we were fortunate to get some uh, you know help from you know like some institutions like nimhans jaydeva aims where we could actually build it we could uh, use it in the lab ensure that you know what we are building is clinical grade before we launch it in the market and then of course uh, it's a long haul about regulations and all of that and not just you are building it for india but you are when you are building it internationally right then it gets even more complex as well and complexity keeps on getting up and up and up and up as well but i think what is important is to define the mvp which is easiest to get in the market work with the anchor clients get it in the market learn add things and keep on making things as complex as it is required and that is it and if we can do that part it is as you mentioned it's hard but still doable but you know one thing that keeps you always going right is that you know when you actually see that you know your initial few products which were used dozy itself right i'll give you some examples of that we could hear some stories that you know how it saved a life a nurse said that you know watching the alert i quickly went there i saw that his heart rate was dropping i administered this and saved a life now that is what keeps us going all the time right and so far we have heard now tremendous on an everyday basis now we hear these stories right so that is what is the ultimate feeling uh, out there it's amazing you know you brought up regulation and healthcare is a highly regulated space for good reason right i mean as i mentioned i think the stakes are higher how do you work with these different uh, organizations and bodies and so on how do you get past all of these regulatory hurdles and policy frameworks and stuff what is the way you've discovered is the shortest tangent to you know complying with all of these stuff right so see regulatory although it is there but it is also well defined as well right it's not entirely vague to be frank it is not that crystal clear either so it is it does some working but if we can take some cues especially from you know outside india right 
FDA, CE, they have marked <coughs> policy pretty solid way. At least from a devices point of view, I would say AI and softwares are still, you know, defined vaguely all over the place. So that is where, you know, you have to be more creative about it. Although you are going in, uh, there are no standards as such, then you have to create some standards. You have to put the benchmarks, then you have to consult with the KOLs that, you know, other one example, right? If I am creating a BP algorithm, then what is the acceptable range, right? That I could use, right? Probably I could use from say Hypertensive Society of India, US, UK, right? Follow some standards over there and then build it on from there, right? So that is how it goes. So, you know, long answer short, again, summarizing that some of these things are very well defined. So we need to follow that. There is no ambiguity around that. But where there is ambiguity, where we feel like, you know, things are not properly defined, then, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to define it and get it done. Right. What do you have coming up in the next 18 to 24 months? Uh, you mentioned, you know, your B2C product, right? Which is uh, selling directly to individuals and consumers. Have you launched that already? What else can we expect from you? I mean, are you growing internationally as well? Yeah, we are launching some uh, exciting products, uh, right? I think we are about a quarter away from few big launches, I think. So Dozy birthday happens in on October 8th. So that's where we do our launches. So we do have a pipeline of that. So yes, B2C product is something that we are coming up with, especially for parent care, right? That is one. Then version two of uh, the hospital product also is coming up, right? Which has some more upgrades in terms of communication features, the number of parameters that it monitors and so on as well, uh, right? So that is uh, the other one. Apart from that, from a regulatory perspective, we are indeed, we are selling in India for a while, right? So we are also looking at international regulatory approvals as well. Outside India as well, we will start working in a microwave. But again, that is not the focus for this year, at least. Right. Healthcare is so exciting, right? When I look at a future, I mean, you're seeing this whole consumerization of healthcare. You have, you know, wearables, the quantified self movement and so on. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, COVID has sort of given us a head start by five or six years on some of these fronts, right? When you look at the crystal ball, I mean, if you, if you gaze into the future, right, uh, what do you see happening over the next five, 10, 15 years? I mean, will we walk around with bionic arms or something uh, at some point of time? Yes, I think all of that is pretty feasible and not just that, as in that's the present in a lot of ways. I'll expand a little bit on that. So if you see, you know, actually the life cycle of healthcare, right? So it all started from, I would say that first step is towards, you know, treatment, right? And kind of interventions. And that is something what we have perfected in last three decades or so, right? Today, if people can actually reach hospital in time for most of the things, as in help can be provided and life will be saved, right? We have reached there. And therefore, what has happened is our life expectancy has kind of grown, right? But what has happened because of that is that then we are managing our condition for a longer time. And therefore, I think now the decade will be about, you know, management of uh, the condition at home, right? We will have to learn to live with, with some of the conditions that happens, especially with age. So likes of uh, Parkinson's and, uh, you know, diabetes and heart conditions and so on, right? So therefore, that is what you see. A lot of these devices, a lot of these things, why they are coming into picture is that when you are managing something for chronic disorder, a participatory approach is something which needs to be there. 
अब बस एक डॉक्टर दवाई दे देगा एंड यू वॉन्ट बी डन राइट इट्स अबाउट अब आपको उसको मैनेज करना है ओवर टाइम एंड यू हैव टू सी योर सेल्फ एज वेल राइट एंड देयर फोर दिस डिवाइसेज एंड दिस एंटायर यू नो मूवमेंट अबाउट क्वांटिफाइड सेल्फ एंड ऑल दैट कैन बी रिवोल्यूशनरी क्योंकि यू नो अ हार्ट अटैक नेवर हैपन्स इन अ डे टू बी फ्रैंक राइट इट्स अ बिल्डअप ऑफ टेन ईयर्स एटलीस्ट तो इफ यू कुड वॉच योर सेल्फ स्लोली मतलब हाउ यूर थिंग्स आर चेंजिंग डिजिटल टू इन मॉडलिंग एंड ऑल ऑफ दैट you can actually avoid a lot of things right we can all avoid that or and that is where i think uh, you know we can uh, move towards and when you talked about bionic arm you know i am wearing one <laughs> so, so that's there so i think that's the present right right yeah very interesting for sure you know from a business perspective or a market perspective you know we've seen we've seen a correction right i mean uh, clearly you know the 2021 bull run is over the s&p has corrected i think 18 20% over the last 6 months uh, you know nifty has corrected maybe around 8 10% there's a lot of pessimism that's again creeping in when you look at this as a founder right i mean this is an externality that you cannot uh, you can't avoid what are some of those changes that you're doing to your business to kind of survive and actually thrive during this downturn so you know this i even talked to my team in a very lengthy way i think one of the things that we internally spoke about was that you know when uh, basically it rains right it shows that you know who is a better driver wins the race rather than one having a better car right i am talking about the race car uh, philosophy over there right so idea is that you know now that we have a proven uh, product we have capital at our you know disposal uh, at that time really i think this is going to be a very critical time because it is a time to you know really capture the market and establish ourselves as a prominent player in this industry in this geography and that is what we are looking at right yeah and healthcare is kind of recession proof right i mean it's not a discretionary spend in that sense see people get careful everywhere people become cost conscious everywhere i think pe just affects everyone right for that matter right so yes uh, there will be some effect even on healthcare as well but you are right in that way right healthcare is a basic thing right as in as people are getting more population is there diseases are increasing and so on there needs to be more help out there right and at the end of it how i think about it is use of technology only is there to make things more efficient right and that actually makes the case even stronger actually if you think about it. yeah hey this has been a fascinating chat i've understood various facets of healthcare before we sign off uh, what are some books or podcasts that you would recommend to our audience particularly maybe if they're interested in understanding more about healthcare and so on what are some resources that uh, they should refer to I try to stay away little bit from healthcare, healthcare because however much I avoid, you know, I can't stay away from healthcare. So I don't read up a lot or listen a lot about healthcare per se. But I, uh, you know, the startup operator is definitely one podcast that I do listen up, listen to, especially from a startup world to get be updated and all that. The other one that I recently heard, right, and it really affected me. Uh, in that way, it's not related to healthcare, but as an innovator and all that, I think. mission isro by harsha bhogle i think it was something which was amazing uh, right and something which is very go to whenever i am driving or anything like that in terms of books same because of that podcast i think today nowadays i am reading uh, one india that's bharat the other one is wings on fire uh, as an i had regretted i had not actually read that earlier 
so abhi i got one copy and now i'm reading that right so of course so very amazing thought so i would i would say you know india we are really privileged from that perspective that you know uh, the kind of founding fathers we had in terms of technology and space research and a lot of you know what we are today owe that much to you know all of these big thought leaders whom we had in past right and who have done some amazing work and uh, you know if i could do something to replicate even 1% of that right i would feel myself as very fortunate so that's what i live for awesome awesome yeah that's a great note to end the podcast on hope that founders like you can continue that tradition of innovation that we've had thank you again for making the time mudit really appreciate it this was a fun chat thank you thank you thank you Raj. if you enjoyed this podcast consider subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite platform also get updates delivered straight to your whatsapp inbox by clicking on the link in the description